The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. And I'm joined by the ghoul of all ghouls, Chris Chavez. Brash me. Man, if I could do a voice forever, I would do it. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Is it tough? Is it tough? Do you have to like hold your breath or something as you're doing it? It's just, a, it feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man, I, I noticed. Uh, just a little behind the scenes. I used to do a podcast called Into Oblivion, and ah. that's where uh, I would just play some incredibly stupid, goofy characters that I just make up. And their voices were a lot of fun to do. But the older I get, they're for whatever reason, the more tough they are, to do. <laughs> <laughs> or to keep them going, I should say. Yeah, uh, but I back then you. I could do them forever. Because uh, Chris, we've been podcasting for a long time now. We're uh, oh we God. are or gosh what was it that i said like since 2014 or something like that yeah 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 man i saw i could that only came up because i saw somebody that was on a facebook group or something like when did you start podcasting i was like when did i start and the only way for me to actually check that is to go to mixcloud because that's (laughs) where we initially used to release back issues comic book podcasts and like the first 60 episodes 70 episodes are on there and man, it's rough. So rough. I hate hearing it back, but I go back and it's like seven years ago. I was like, holy cow, seven years ago. Yeah, I've been doing it longer than that because yeah, yeah. Uh, I did Into Oblivion. And then uh, before that, I tried to do another podcast with my buddy Adam, which was very similar to Into Oblivion, mm-hmm. except for uh, uh, like it's a little bit more supernatural leaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have those somewhere. I need to send them to you because it's just pure insanity is all they are. it'd be fun to just feature it right and just be like hey yeah. this is a special little drop listen to this uh but chris this is the week of all hallows eve it's coming what are you it's dressing coming. up as um you know what i might just be what i was last year i was Corey taylor from slipknot i have one of his masks so i just dressed up as him last year so i might do that because it's easy you just throw the mask on i like that That's um good. or Oh, you know what? I can also do Axl Rose. I have that getup. I've got the the red wig, the bandana, the sunglasses, nice. the aviators. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I like it. What about you? Do you do anything? Uh, I'm going to dress up as the same thing. I also dressed up as last year. Uh, a sad man fighting off depression <laughs> as he's hurling toward his 40s. Uh, that's what <laughs> <laughs> 40s right on the horizon, huh? Yeah, man, they're they're coming up. It's not quicker so than, bad. I thought you know what does suck though is is it's not a joke when they said that when you hit your forties, that's when your body starts to do its breakdown. Mine's already doing it now, and I'm well, thirty eight. So. Yeah, mine started early too, but man, I'm telling you what, 
I didn't realize my back could pop as much as it does. Like oh, I'll bend over in the, in like the closet to grab my sneakers or something. Yep. And I'm not lifting anything. I'm just standing up. And all of a sudden it's like fire. It's like firecrackers behind my back. Just standing up. I legit just turned over in bed and hurt my back. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled over my back. Went, Beep. Yeah. That's getting old. Yep. Uh, this bastard oh, of a back. Uh, but this is, that's odd. This is yeah. what Chris and I will bring a odd, peculiar, strange story. Uh, from history before us, and we'll discuss those. Uh, but Chris, before we get into that, we do have a current creep in a way, or a current oddity, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And it's okay. an update to the story that you brought uh, to History Creeps before. Oh, yeah, it's sad. It's a sad yeah, update. It's a sad update, but I think we need to discuss it real quick. Uh, I'm sure we'll go more in depth into it later. So we're just kind of do the overview of it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, fill us in a little bit like just a quick backstory of what we've been talking about yeah so we talked about the gabby petito case and you know just how everything looked strange and how she was missing and brian laundry came back without her and then he went missing and then there's been this kind of manhunt going on they found her body uh you know coroner said she had been strangled so we knew it was murder they still were looking for this guy brian and then out of nowhere it seemed like you know, it came out. Of, it seemed like it came out of nowhere, but just recently, last week, I believe, his parents were just like, "Yeah, um, there you might find his stuff over here." And so the cops went over there, found his stuff, and there was human remains, which has since been confirmed to be Brian Laundry. So it looks like he died. They don't know how he died yet. It's inconclusive. Um, they don't know if he succumbed to the elements, if it was an animal or if it was self-inflicted. But uh, yeah, so we're never going to get a true sense of what truly happened, unfortunately, yeah. because uh, you know the only other person that could have answered that is now dead as well. But that was the that's the update on that. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, we'll get more in depth on that at another time. But uh, it's just sad. Uh, you know, I feel bad for uh, obviously Gabby's parents for sure. Yeah. And her family, I mean, uh, you know, the answers sure seem like they're concrete, but you don't know 100% for sure. Right. And right. the one person who can answer those uh, can't answer those anymore. So yeah. uh, that's just sad. I actually feel bad for his family, too. In a way, though, the parents, maybe the parents will have to answer for some stuff because I I think they knew way more than they were saying. Uh, oh, I agree. Sure. Uh, but, you know, that's but that's where that is. I wanted to do a quick little update on that. Uh, we'll let's, we'll go more in depth as I'm sure we'll get more answers soon as to oh, sure. what happened to him and all this stuff. But yeah, so there we go with that. There's not been any updates on that. Remember telling you about the uh, the the lawyers in South Carolina, uh, that wild story there where uh, his uh, son uh, went on trial for the death of one of his friends on a boat. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then later on, his son and his wife were found shot mm-hmm, dead mm-hmm. and then he was shot at on the side of the road but it turns out he set it all up mm-hmm. uh, and all this stuff uh, there's been no updates on that that i've seen so oh interesting yeah uh so that's a pretty wild story though uh we got some wild stories today though chris i'm very excited uh, mine is for sure i rem- uh i was looking at this and i was thinking to myself you know like i told you as i was writing it i thought man i had never heard this and it actually answered a question i had when i was younger uh and then as I'm almost finishing it, I'm like, man, I hope we had talked about this already. So if we have, I mean, we've talked about so much since we began over seven years ago. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We've been That's, doing why, this forever. 
That's why I even thought to myself, you know, it wouldn't hurt to do episodes that we do revisit older topics to kind of come yeah. back at it with a fresh view and, and, and rehash it and maybe even, you know, discuss more than we said on the first episodes. We you remember, <laughs> you remember the first episodes we did, they featured, um, you know, sometimes it was one thing, but sometimes it was like five or six stories in one. You remember we yeah. used to do that before we even had that sod. So, uh, at some point we're, we're, we're going to be repeating something, right? Oh yeah. At some point we will be repeating something for sure. Yeah. So what I want to talk about today, and this was the question that was in my mind that I said I had when I was younger. Okay. Do, you, re- do you remember the Noid Domino's, Domino's pizza, pizza mascot, yes. the Noid? Yes. He was kind of creepy. I uh, was like <laughs> this uh, small figure. He was, I think his suit was red and white. If I'm thinking right. Correctly. Yeah. Uh, he had the long ears. Like believe, a rabbit, yeah. But he wasn't a rabbit, but he had long ears. It was like a costume. Yeah. Um, I don't actually know what creature he was, what kind of creature he was. I mean, he was a human wearing the costume. He was a he was an odd looking human. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that like in the 90s, he was everywhere for sure. I definitely yeah. remember him. Yeah. Yeah. But then he disappeared just like that. Just like that. A wildly popular mascot. Until gone. recently. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Noid. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Domino's. If you've never heard of Domino's or weren't familiar, you, you weren't familiar with their history. And then we're going to discuss the number one, the number one pizza place now. Yeah. And, and then we're going to discuss uh, the event that occurred that ended up taking the annoyed off of television. Do you like how to throw in that fact? Like I would impress somebody. <laughs> 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 ladies you want to know what the number one pizza place is it's domino's i i just can hear just all kinds of underwear dropping <laughs> this episode out. brought to you by domino's <laughs> and blue chew yeah <laughs> yeah i'll need both all right here we go you ready yep all right man the year is 1960 Two brothers, James and Tom Monaghan, borrow $900 to purchase a failing pizza shop on the edge of Eastern Michigan University's campus in Iowa. Here's the thing. I don't know how to pronounce this. This is a Michigan town. I'm assuming it's pronounced Salanti. It's spelled Y-P-S-I-L-A-N-T-I. I'm assuming the Y and the P is silent, but maybe not. Ypsilanti? I don't know. Anyway. I have no idea. We the apologize bro- to those people who live there. Yes. Anyone living in that area, I apologize. I am ignorant of your pronunciations. Uh, the brothers did their best to improve business at Dominic's, which was the name of the pizza joint. But after a year of barely any luck, James decided to get out of the restaurant business. He sold half of his half of Dominic's to his brother for a used Volkswagen. This is the beginnings of an empire. Okay. So Tom kept at it. Within a couple of years, Dominic's business was booming. In 1965, Tom changed the name of Dominic's to Domino's at the suggestion of an employee. By 1978, so 18 years after he purchases this failing pizza shop, uh, Tom has expanded Domino's to, um, to about 200 store chains worth over $500 million. Can you imagine that, man? No. Just on a whim, borrowing 900 bucks <laughs> to purchase a pizza joint that is just not doing well anyway. Because you think I can do something that's going to get this going. And then less than 20 years later, $500 million worth $500 million in 1978 at that. 
I had somebody pay uh, PayPal me ten dollars once, and I lost my mind. <laughs> 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 this is just unfathomable to you. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine this. By 1983, Domino's had opened its 1,000th location. So yeah, it's it's fair to say that they were popular. However, at that time. Even though I'm saying all this and it sounds amazing, it sounds like such a huge growth and that these guys obviously are top dogs, right? They're not. Domino's was not as well known in the early late 70s and early 80s as another chain you may know, The Hut. The Pizza Hut. Right? Like Pizza Hut was where you went. They had the deep dish pizzas, they had the the salad bars, you know, it was like that that was the pizza the national pizza at the time. So, but by 1983 Domino's opened its 1000th location. A year later, in 1984, Domino's began their promotion of guaranteeing pizzas would be delivered in 30 minutes or less. If it wasn't, the pizza would be free. Remember that? Remember this whole thing about like you get it within 30 minutes or it's free and people would like time it, right? They'd be waiting there at the door because they want that free food. Wise men say never pay full price for late pizza. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um. That's such an awesome, yeah. Uh, okay, um, Domino's executives needed a clever marketing campaign to get the people's attention and bring a spotlight to their rather lofty promise. Enter the outside marketing firm Group Two Four Three. So, according to claymation guru Will Vinton, this is the guy that created the California Raisins. Oh, yes. Side note: that those are the first toys i remember getting in happy meals hey uh, that's right i remember really that. happy it was whatever hardy's had or carl's jr wherever you're at yeah and they had the california raisins and i definitely remember trying to collect those yeah things. i remember that dude i yeah, had a I few of them i had a few of them myself um according to will vinton um whose studio was tasked with animating group 243's creation the goal was to come up with something that re- represented quote the physical manifestation of all the challenges inherent in getting a pizza delivered in 30 minutes or less. And so was born the Noid, a character wearing a skin-tight red onesie with rabbit ears and buck teeth. The first commercial debuted in 1986, and typically these commercials would feature Wile E. Coyote-style gags. If you remember, the idea is, is you know the delivery driver's coming and the Noid's doing all he can to stop the delivery driver from doing it in 30 minutes. And he always like... Yeah ends up being foiled, right? He just looks like an idiot. Um, and then soon they would end up developing a catch slogan, uh, avoid the Noid. Remember that? Yes. Avoid yes. the Noid. So for the next few years, the immense popularity of the Noid skyrocketed Domino's onto the national spotlight, helping them compete with Pizza Hut. They were now the number two chain. It was always Pizza Hut than Domino's, right? Uh, the Noid was everywhere. Toys, games, TV shows. But then, on January 30th, 1989, what was once a Cinderella story that started with a failing pizza shop in 1960 was about to turn into a horrific nightmare. On that Monday afternoon, 22-year-old Kenneth Lamar Noid entered a Domino's Pizza in Chambly, Georgia, brandishing a 357 Magnum and taking two employees hostage. He told the employees that Tom Monaghan had stolen his name. He ordered one of the employees to call Domino's headquarters in Ann Arbor to demand $100,000 and a white limousine for a getaway car. So immediately, a man comes in with a gun and says that the owner of Domino's stole his name. Yeah. And what he wants is money. That makes sense. Okay. You could see this as being somewhat rational, but he wants a white limousine as the getaway car. Yeah. That part 
threw me a little bit. What does that tell you immediately? Uh, that it's uh, all for show. See, for it's me, really, for me, I about, see that as like getting away. At for all. me, I feel like he's off. There's something off here. Yeah, like you're yeah, you're saying sure. this. You know what I mean? I mean, that's my first thought when anybody is taking anybody hostage. Anyway, is that something's going on in their brain or whatever? Yeah. While the employee was on the phone, Noid fired a shot into the floor to show that he was serious. Soon, police and hostage negotiators arrived. When police made contact with him over the phone, they stated that he fluctuated from being completely rational to irrational over the course of their exchange. Noid offered to release one hostage if the police brought him a copy of a science fiction book called The Widow's Son. When the officer delivered the book, Noid refused to release the hostage. The standoff lasted for five hours until Noid asked the two hostages to cook him a pizza as he was very hungry by then. The employees complied, making two large pizzas with everything on them. I'm wondering if he ordered it, if he was just like, if they were just like, yeah, sure. What do you want? And they're literally like taking the order, like he's calling it in. Do you know what I mean? Hey, can you guys make me a pizza? I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. What do you have? <laughs> he's, just, he's just giving them an order, you know, giving his order. Better not take um, more than 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, oh, my God. And then, <laughs> Can you imagine? They got out just. Uh, OK, so as he began eating, he placed the gun on his lap. And that's when the two hostages hostages decided to bolt for the door. They got out just as the Noid fired. I just said just as the Noid. Sorry. Just as Noid fired two shots into the ceiling inside. Police stormed to the building, forcibly subduing and arresting Noid. So over the next following weeks, more details emerged on his state of mind and mental health. He was convinced that the marketing campaign was aimed at making him look bad and trying to keep others from interacting with him. He told his mothers that he felt that the owner of Domino's had it out for him. He would end up not being charged criminally as he was found innocent by reason of insanity. He was diagnosed with acute schizophrenia. Despite this, Domino's continued the ads featuring the Noid almost capitalizing on the headlines the story made, which in hindsight were completely insensitive. Dude, the headlines after this were just really like, wow, especially when you know about mental health and what somebody's dealing with now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's a couple of them. Domino's can't avoid the Noid. An assault suspect annoyed over use of name in pizza ads. Like all of these, these headlines were constantly making fun of the fact that this guy's name was Noid and like he stopped Domino's from making pizza. So the Noid did win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, this, uh, this is really reminding me of, um, you know, uh, when the lady who spilled the older lady who spilled the hot coffee on herself, uh, yeah, McDonald's, and that's and people were always like making fun of her and mm-hmm, stuff, the jokes, mm-hmm. but they don't know the full story, yeah, there's so much more to it. And if it happened to you, you would have sued too, I yeah, promise you. I remember, uh, because of how bad it burned her, mm-hmm. uh, she couldn't stand up, literally could not stand up for the rest of her life because of it. Uh, but nobody talks about that, they just no. talk about the fact that somebody sued, yeah, the joke that somebody sued McDonald's for their coffee being hot, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that's not all there is to it, but that kind of reminds me of just how much power, you know, and I love comedy, obviously that's, that's my world, but how much power even a joke can have, mm-hmm. you know, of, yeah. for the negative for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately that isn't the end of the story. Six years later, still convinced the Domino's ads were maliciously targeting him. Kenneth Lamar Noid committed suicide in his Florida home. Domino's immediately terminated the Noid marketing campaign. 
So that's where it went. They stopped it immediately because of that. The Noid, as we know, the Noid would make a brief return in 2011 for Facebook game and again in 2016 for commercials promoting a pizza payback campaign. And then there was the official return of the Noid on April 21st to video and social media ads. So, yeah, that's the story of how the Noid, like this thing happened. And um, like, I remember being, you know, being like, whatever happened to the Noid? I used to love that commercial. I used to love that character. Whatever happened and not really knowing the story behind it. And I know I had not heard about this at all. Like this was not, I I couldn't even tell you that I I was familiar with this story whatsoever. I, I I wasn't either. Well, just like you, I thought he just disappeared, basically. Yeah. Uh, which technically he did. I mean, Noid is an unusual last name, mm-hmm. but um, I something tells me when they were making that character, they that was. I wonder how they got the name. Did you know that? They oh yeah, it, they were just basically playing on the word annoyed, like okay. like yeah. to be annoyed that you didn't get your stuff in time. So that it was literally yeah. a play on that. Yeah. So obviously they didn't go in trying to make fun of anyone, but no. they were very insensitive afterwards. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, these companies are about making money. And yeah. Sadly, it's all it is to it. That's a very tragic story uh, behind one of, for a while, they're a very iconic uh, mascot for sure. Which just returned. So who knows where it goes from here? But I mean, that now that I know that, it makes me think, really? Really? You decided to bring them back? Really? Yeah, nobody nobody really missed them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't miss them. Uh, yeah. It's not needed, right? Like, they've literally, right. right up, they're still battling it. They're the number one over Pizza Hut now. Yep. So, yeah. Like, look at that. Like, they don't yeah, they're number need one. it. They don't need it. Uh, they're number one by, a, I think, for by a bit over Pizza Hut now. What do you think? Kind of what do you think in these days, in, in the times that we're in now, can they be canceled if somebody brings this story up and shows that they brought the Noid back? Almost insensitively. Well, look at Papa John's, right? That uh, the <laughs> Papa John himself was kind of controversial. Yeah, uh, and they're still doing all right. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it just depends. Really, how have they been doing since Shaq took over? I think they've been doing better. All right, see, uh, I'm able to separate because I love the pizza so much. That's yeah. my favorite pizza is Papa John's. <laughs> oh, you? I my favorite thing, honestly, about Papa John's was always the garlic butter dipping sauce. Yeah, they always included that. Oh, yes. You didn't have to ask for it extra. You didn't have to pay for it. It came with it. Oh, I loved yeah, it. My loved favorite it. is the actual the actual pizza sauce to use. Yeah, it's not a bad sauce. Not a bad sauce. Yeah. Not a bad sauce, but uh, Domino's, you know, I like how this is what we're talking about now. But, Domino's, <laughs> but when Domino's changed their uh, their recipe or whatever, yeah. they definitely made a much better pizza. So ah, uh, my, there you go. So, uh, their pizza is pretty good now. Nice. Pretty good. And that's my TED talk on pizza. All right, let's bring let's bring the mood up. Let's let's talk about let's something that's a little bit more fun. We're going to talk about the monsters. Oh, monsters! The Van Meter Monster. Buckle up because this one's going to take some wild ups and downs and twists and turns. But we're going to talk about a monster, a cryptid, if you will. Very excited about this. But to do so, we have to adventure and to travel to van meter iowa Mm. van meter iowa is a very small town that's been around for quite a while how small is it you ask uh that's what she said and that's when we broke up uh in 2019 the population was 1239 people wow holy cow 
Yes. <laughs> That's pretty tiny, dude. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my high school was bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it became a town uh, around the 1870s. It was named after Jacob Rhodes Van Meter, who was a Dutch settler from the Netherlands. He was the first one there. And so it was named after him. And in its early days, this was kind of like a coal mining town, one of those type of places. But we need to go to the year 1903, which I definitely had written down well before and not just right before recording this. Uh, <laughs> Real quick, um, I don't know why, but anytime I think about coal mining or coal mining towns, I think of Zoolander. You see Zoolander? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, down yes. there, he's like, <laughs> black lung pop. <laughs> Every time. Uh, when I think of coal mining, I think of going to Kentucky. Uh, because there's a lot of places there are coal mines, mm. and uh, it's pretty uh, interesting because it's a very dangerous occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 1903, Van Meter gets a surprise visitor. Who could it be? Over a bunch of nights in the fall, sightings of a strange creature began pouring in. This creature was described as kind of a half human, half animal, giant bat like creature with wings, a powerful odor, and was super fast. And some even said that it had a blinding light coming from its horned head. Whoa. This is the exact description i give myself on any of my dating profile (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i get a lot of swipe lefts (laughs) Uh, these sightings were seen by prominent members of the town it wasn't just uh like you know old uh, old jimbo over there that saw this these were crazy ralph yeah crazy ralph these were prominent members uh Implement dealer UG Griffith saw the creature flying across buildings, uh, the tops of the buildings, and he shot at it. And he claims that he hit it, but it didn't affect the creature whatsoever. The creature just kept going on. It was Batman. Yes. <laughs> See the new trailer? Batman. I did. I Getting did. shot at, at point blank range by automatic weapons, and he's just walking right through it. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, it was pretty badass. <laughs> it is awesome. It is awesome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I was just, every time I see that, because I watched the trailer multiple times, I just think, why didn't they just aim up a little bit? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all that wild swinging around yeah. and not one bullet touched his face. Yeah. That's all you got to do. And I love Batman <laughs> and I'm glad it didn't happen. But, you know, uh, the next night, the very next night, Peter Dunn, who was the town doctor, saw the monster like right outside of his residence and also opened fire on this thing. This is the early 1900s. Remember this? Everybody had a gun. Yeah, Everyone's got a musket, but again, to no avail, it did nothing to this thing. It is Batman. And he went out afterwards and found the creatures, three toed footprints and he even took cast of them. Hmm. Night three. We're not done yet on the third night. O.V. White was asleep when he heard a noise that woke him. He looked outside to see the creature perched on top 
of a telephone pole. And just to give you a, uh, just when this kind of has happened, telephone poles and electric lighting in towns was fairly brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like, you know, uh, have uh, poles out in the town that had lights on them. It was kind of a new thing. Let me ask you something. Does, does this so far when you were reading this or getting into this, did you, did this make you think of Mothman? A little bit. Yeah. Cause this is early 1900s, right? It makes me think, what if this thing was around for as long as it was and made it, you know, and it was seen over in West Virginia and that's what they considered Mothman. But what if it's, cause I think Mothman was a thing too, where they shot at it and it seemed that it didn't affect them at all. That's a recurring thing, right? Just always shooting at these creatures. <laughs> like the first thing you do is shoot. You don't like yeah. try to talk to it or find out is there any or kind of intelligence or what's <laughs> going on. Shoot Just shoot it. it. Yeah. Shoot it down. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because, uh, of course, Ovi White too shot at this creature. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it did nothing. And at this same night, uh, there was a store owner named Sidney Gregg saw this happen. And he Not said that. <laughs> and uh, it actually doesn't say that he shot at it though. He oh. just saw it. And uh, that this thing hopped around like a kangaroo. And then also the local high school teacher saw it and said it looked like some sort of prehistoric monster. If you find you can actually find uh artist renditions of this thing online, and it looks a lot like a, a strange pterodactyl type thing. Van meter monster. Yep, the Van Meter Monster or the Van Meter Visitor, as some people call it. Oh, I see it. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty wicked looking, right? That is really cool looking. What? Yo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by now, of course, the whole town was up in arms. You know, obviously, if all these prominent people have seen this thing, uh, you're, you're going to put a lot of stock into what they're saying, right? And you're going to be like, oh, man, this is kind of creepy and scary. Yeah. And that's when J.L. Platt Jr., heard noises down in the old abandoned coal mine. They had a coal mine there, but it was kind of abandoned and they didn't really use it anymore, but it was still there and people could go in it and stuff. And hold on. I got confused by my own notes. here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Do you know oh. what I like? You know what I like though? As I'm looking up this monster is you can find, Actual articles written from 1903, yes. Des Moines, Iowa, October 10th. This yes. is such a cool thing. I'm the actual legit, report. I'm legit about to quote one right now. Yes. Uh, the noise that they heard. This is a this is an actual story. Uh, presently, this is a quote. Presently, the noise opened up again, as though Satan and a regiment of imps were coming forth for battle. And that was in the Des Moines Daily News, October 3rd. 1903. Whoa, that's dude, from an this actual so crazy. newspaper article. Is that not amazing? Who, by the way, these prominent members put their name on? Yeah, right, because we know their names. Uh, so, the, of course, a lot of people in the town go to this coal mine uh, to take care of this creature, and they see it in the coal mine, and they actually see it with a what they think is like a, a baby version of it. So they see two of them. Oh, wow. And the creature kind of runs back. The creatures kind of run back into the mine. So the men decide, let's blow it up. <laughs> oh, come on. So that's what they do. They actually oh. blow, they, they blow up the entrances to the mine. And they think that they took care of it, right? So uh, how much is there to this tale? A, 
there was real uh, newspaper articles that you mm-hmm. can find to this day that were mm-hmm. on it. Uh, prominent people put their name on this thing. The doctor of the town, uh, you know, store owners. These are prominent members of this town in the early 1900s. Put their name on it. Their reputations that they saw this thing and shot at it. Uh, recently, on an episode of uh, Expedition, is it unknown? Is that what that mm-hmm. show is called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually did a story on this and. They went to Van Meter and they actually found the old coal mine that had been, they could tell that it had been closed on purpose and blown up. Get out. Yeah. Uh, and now there's actually new sightings of this creature, apparently. Yes. Yeah. To this day, this is awesome. See them again. Yes. So is the Van Meter creature real? If yes. so, if so, what is it? Something from the bowels of the earth, dude. It came out of the mines, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, you know, uh, what was that show, Land of the Lost or whatever? Yeah. Where yes. uh, there's like yes. dinosaurs living inside the earth. That's kind of yes. what this makes me think. Uh, if this was a case of mistaken identity, which a lot of people think a lot of cryptids are, what else could this be? Because even in the recent sightings, they talk about the size of it. And it's humongous, right? Yep. And one of the eyewitnesses that I saw, she literally was like a zoo worker. <laughs> and she and she said this was nothing she had ever seen before. So um, that's the Van Meter Monster. This is a fun one. Highly recommend uh, for you to check out the articles. You can find those online about this thing. And to check out the artist renditions of this thing. And also to check out that episode of uh, Expedition Unknown. It's a lot of fun, and they go and they interview a lot of people, and they they do a little bit of research into it. But that's the Van Meter Visitor slash Monster. Man, uh, I guess if you learn anything, if you see a creature, just shoot at it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad, right, dude? Yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think, dude? Do you think maybe it may have been a bat? Is that a possibility? You know, because there are larger bats that are big, pretty big, right? Like, So in that area, and I only know this from that episode, because they thought that same thing. In the area, they don't have any super large bats. Uh, but one of the theories or hypothesis is this is that, again, you know how I mentioned that this was right in the beginning of them getting streetlights? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the shadows or something kind of threw people off because they just weren't used to that type of stuff. Yeah, and could you know, be. You know, a shadow and something small can cast a large shadow. So maybe it was something like that. Like a what if it was a bat, just a little bat, but the shadow of the little bat was humongous or something like that's, that. That's that's true. Um, there's a thing called the giant golden crowned flying fox. It's the world's largest bat. Look at that. See that picture? Yeah, it's pretty huge. That's what she it's said. Huge. Um so here's my together. thing. Think about this. In the 1900s, right? This was a time when people were we had people that were like um indiana jones style right like they were they were adventurers they traveled the world they explored right and things usually came over on steamer ships what if something like this like one of these bats tagged along from the philippines or something and ended up coming to this country you know what i mean yeah through through freight who knows that's the closest i could see man is it being a bat that people thought it was other than that there's not a bird i would think that looks 
anything like the depiction. The depiction looks like these bats that kind of walk around, you know, that's the closest. I, other than that, you yeah. have to say it's a, it's a creature that we just have not been able to classify because they live in the, in the mines. Like maybe some sort of a strange type of a pterodactyl or something. Yeah. Somehow lived and stays living, surviving yeah. on whatever they survive on down there. Cause they legit did find the remains of the, the coal mine. So that's that part of the story is definitely true. This did legit the fact that it was legit, newspapers. Yeah. Yep. Make the papers. Uh, prominent members of the town, like the doctor, put their name on it. Mm-hmm. And this was a small, I mean, I can't, I mean, even though now it's still small, it was even smaller back then. Yeah. So yeah. your reputation was very important, especially a doctor's reputation back yeah. then. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. I agree. You got to have wow. your Yelp reviews, you know? You gotta have your <laughs> Dude, this was cool. I like this story. I'd never heard of this one, the Van Meter Monster. Yeah. He's pretty fun. Digging it's pretty it. Pretty fun. Digging yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, there you have it, man. That's our that's odd episode for the week. That's I'm tapped right. out. I think it's a good one to end on for Oh Hallows Eve. Yes, yes, we uh, do again? have. <laughs> you go first. You go. First. I was just gonna say we do have some fun stuff planned for Halloween. A special episode will be coming on Halloween Day, so I want the listeners to look out for that uh, coming up here. That's right. That's right. So. I was legit about to say the same thing. So we're on the same wavelength there. So thank you for listening and for, you know, sticking with us. We very much appreciate it. We hope everyone has a very awesome, spooky, creepy, and safe Halloween. Uh, Thank you for your support. Uh, For Christopher Chavez, I'm Johnny Townsend. And remember to to stay. (gasps) Ha ha ha!